are excited to be here today. Our theme for the summer, we're going after the theme of belonging. Right? We belong. We belong together. We belong to Jesus. Uh, and we belong to uh, our, our, our community. Um, but one of the things that we uh, are wanting, are excited to talk about today, relationships. And more specifically, um, what do we do with relationships when uh, we've been done wrong? And so uh, we're entitling this message, Forgive and Forget. You know, and I, maybe I should just introduce you guys real quick. Can I do that really quick? Can we do that? You guys wanna, how do you guys want to do this? Hey, maybe we can do it kind of like a sound check, too, to make sure you guys are all good. So we'll start over here. Uh, Fly, Ty, you go ahead and start. Hi, I'm, I'm Tyler. Uh, I'm going to be a freshman at Walla Walla next year. I'm Joanna, and I am a senior in Escondido Adventist Academy. I'm Grace, and I'm also a senior, but not at Escondido Adventist Academy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Monique, and I'm a senior at Escondido Adventist Academy. Hi, I'm Riley, and I'm going to be a senior at Escondido High School. Hi, I'm Joey, and I'll be a senior at EAA. Escondido. Hi, I'm Emily, and I'm going to be a senior as well at Escondido Adventist Academy. What, what, what we're going to do right now, church, is we're going to go through um, a, a, again a passage that we've been we've been working on a little bit for for a little bit. Uh, again, we're we're entitling this uh, "Forgive and Forget" in in Grace. You want to start us off? Yeah, I can do that. Good morning, Happy Sabbath, church. Um, hey. Raise your hands if you would agree with this statement. People are weird. Let me see your hands. How many think I'm weird for asking if people are weird? Thank you, Dad. <laughs> okay, how many of us think while other people are weird, well, I'm fairly normal? Let me see your hands. <laughs> yeah, people love that idea. Well, others, they're nuts. They cray-cray. <laughs> but I'm pretty much the poster child for normal. Church, we want to begin this message right from the start, right from the get-go, that everyone in here is flawed, weird, odd, strange. Some of you might even be a little creepy. Momo, we're guests. <laughs> now, uh, we might appear normal on the outside, but on the inside, everyone has an inner weirdo. And as a group, as a church family, we want to acknowledge that this morning. In fact... Everyone raise their right hand and repeat after me. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I'm weird. I'm, I'm weird. Yes, you are. Now turn to the person next to you and say, you're weird. You're weird. You're weird. You're weird. <laughs> now, some of you are wondering, what's with this exercise in honesty? Well, since we're not perfect and from time we can be a little um, whack, well, it affects our ability to have good relationships and be right with people. We take our own goofiness and add it to the fact that relationships are just plain difficult, hard, painful, and messy. Especially if you have done wrong. It can be extremely difficult to forgive. And that's what we want to go after this morning. Why is it so hard to forgive someone who's hurt us, wounded us, caused us pain? And what do we do with the people in our lives who don't deserve forgiveness? Church, why is it so hard to forgive and forget? Would you pray with us? Bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for another wonderful Sabbath that we get to spend with a new church family. Um, please forgive us for our sins and just help us to speak through you and to touch someone's heart. Um, we love you and we pray these things in your name. Amen. 
Okay, so church, if you have your Bibles, open them to Matthew 22, verses 36 to 39. And it reads, Teach it, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love people. There it is. That's what he's saying to this man. If you want to get it, if you want to understand it, if you want to know what's most important, here it is. Love God and love people. That's God's design for living life to the fullest. As a matter of fact, we would argue that's God's invitation to a great life. But church, they're not independent of one another. Meaning, if we desire a great life, we both both of these must be working. I gotta love God and I gotta love others. We don't work on them independently. <laughs> right, because we don't come to church and say, you know what, I wanna work on my relationship with God. But as we're working on this relationship with God, we're still harboring all this anger and resentment towards someone else. It doesn't work like that. You don't go to church and sing songs like, I love you, Lord, but I hate her. And I want to slash her tires after church. It, we don't do that. Oh, lovely, Momo. So the question would really be, how do we become right with God and right with others? What's the secret to that? Well, answer to that question is really what's foundational and fundamental and core to the entire Bible. And it's forgiveness. Right. <laughs> I have a right relationship with God when I ask for forgiveness. That's what makes us right with God. Not so much if you wear a nice tie to church or if you're nice to people. I have a right relationship with God when I ask for forgiveness and enter into a relationship with Him. The second thing, I can have a right relationship with God when I offer forgiveness. And this is what we want to go after today. I'm sure we've all heard messages about receiving forgiveness. But what we want to talk about is how do we offer it, how do we extend it, especially when we've been done wrong. Yeah, I was telling, I was telling the group, that, you know, when it comes to being done wrong, there was a story that I heard a while ago about this, uh, this, this man, he was watching TV. As he was watching TV, this, his wife comes up and just bangs him with a frying pan. And he's like, what? why did you hit me? She's like, I was doing your laundry. And when I was doing your laundry, I found this, this, this number, this name, Mary Lou. Who's Mary Lou? So the husband's like, no, 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 sweetie, you got it all wrong, you got it all wrong. I, I was at the horse track, and, and, and the horse that I bet on was named Mary Lou. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Well, a few days later, the husband's again watching TV, and this time the wife comes, and she just gives it to him good, boom! And, you know, like when he wakes up, he's like, why did you hit me? He's like, well, your, your horse just called. <laughs> Now, offering forgiveness when we've been hurt is very hard to do. Now, let's be honest. Asking for forgiveness when we've done something wrong, that's tough to do as well, but that's another message. But what we want to talk about today is how do we offer it? How do we extend forgiveness when we've been hurt, damaged, or done wrong? And throw this wrinkle into it. How do we do that now? Because that's what Jesus talked about. He says, not later. Not someday, not when you feel like it, you have to get to it now. Because if there's anything that breaks down relationships or community or love, it, it must be addressed immediately. Look at Matthew 5.23. So if you're standing before the altar in the temple offering a sacrifice to God, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there beside the altar and go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. What Jesus is saying 
hey, it's not just a love God thing. It's a I need you to love your neighbor as yourself kind of thing too. We love Peter because Peter asks a great question. One day he's walking with Jesus and asks in Matthew 18, 21, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Now what you may not know about the culture of that time is religious leaders said that when you offer forgiveness, you didn't need to extend it more than three times. And Peter knew that, but he also knew that he was talking to Jesus, so he upped the ante a little. Verse 22, Jesus answered, I, t I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven. Don't worry, we'll do the math. That comes out to 490 times. This was a pretty radical statement Jesus was making, but he can ask us to forgive because we've been forgiven. Now, we're guessing, most of us in here, when we think about offering forgiveness or extending forgiveness, maybe a name, a group, a family, a roommate, or a co-worker, maybe even a church member comes to mind. But we also know that there's a percentage of people in a time like this who are going to blow this off and say, you know what, I don't want to forgive. Thank you, but no thank you. This week we learned a little bit about forgiveness that encouraged us and inspired us. To be people who live lives that are characterized by offering forgiveness. It's not easy, but we believe to live a life God is calling us to live. Uh, love him and love others. Offering forgiveness is very important. We also learned this last week that there will be a personal cost that we will experience in our lives if we have an unforgiving heart, if we choose to not forgive. The first one is this. It's basic, but... If we choose not to forgive, then we disobey God's instructions. So some people are like, that's no big deal. Man, I disobey God all the time. And I really don't care what you say, young, good-looking interns. <laughs> now, we realize that there may be people here today who haven't tr made the decision to truly follow Jesus. And if you find yourself in that camp this morning, that's okay. We're so glad you're here. But we're going to put you on hold for 30 seconds and talk to those who have made the decision to follow Jesus, who are trying to love God and love people, who've crossed the line and said, I'm in, I'm a follower, I'm a believer. If this is you this morning, offering forgiveness, it's not an option and it's not a suggestion. Offering forgiveness is actually a biblical command, just like thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not root for the Celtics. <laughs> but, but just like with biblical commands, we have a choice. To obey or not to obey. So forgiveness is a choice of obedience. There's really no offense sitting on this one. John Orberg writes, obeying God is an act of the will. And he goes on to later say that obedience or obeying God is not based on a feeling. As we talked about it this week, we realized that's so true. If I'm honest, when someone hurts me, I don't feel like forgiving them. I was the religious vice president of my eighth grade class, but if someone hurts me, I don't go, I forgive you, oh blessed one. Let's have tea and crumpets. I don't do that. <laughs> if I'm honest, I don't feel like forgiving them. Anyone relate? But if I'm going to be obedient to God, whether I feel like it or not, I forgive them as an act of the will. Right. Forgiveness isn't a feeling. It's a decision. Church, can you say that with us today? Forgiveness, Forgiveness isn't, isn't a feeling. feeling. It's, it's a, a decision. decision. <laughs> it's a conscious decision that you and I have to make. If we want to be God's people, if we are going to align ourselves with God's ways and become a person who is characterized by forgiveness and not by emotion. 
Okay, so those of you who were put on hold, you're back in the game. You may not care to obey God's instruction, but if you choose not to forgive, there will be other things that will happen in your life, whether you're Christian or not, or SDA or not. If we choose to not forgive, the second point, our anger grows. If we don't have a forgiving heart, when it's not a core value in our life, the word picture that comes to mind, we're like a walking porcupine, and we just hurt people everywhere we go. Or like a walking minefield, ready to explode. A few years ago, my family and I went to Taco Bell. Now, it was about 9.50, and Taco Bell said they closed at 10. When we got there, for some reason, they had started to close early, so we just kind of walked away. And then, we see this man go up to the door, he tries opening it, and nothing. This man explodes. He goes crazy. He was angry because he wanted his tacos. And he was like, oh, unchristian word. It's supposed to be open, unchristian word. But if we don't forgive, we harbor in all this anger that affects us. You can't be mad if you just don't get food. And when we talk to people, we can see how the lack of forgiveness, it almost immediately comes up. If you're able to break the surface in any type of conversation, you can tell when talking to someone if they harbor any kind of resentment. It's very easy to tell. The third point, we relive painful experiences. Church, raise your hand if you've been hurt by someone. Of course, we all have. We all have painful experiences. Now think of what happens when we don't forgive. Every time that person, that thought, that smell, even that look, whatever it is, it triggers that painful experience. You know, we, we were talking about it this week, and, uh, you know, I, I actually grew up down the road here um, off of the cell, and I had a buddy of mine. My best friend growing up was this guy named Steve. And I was a little kid, and I was telling him, I, you know, we, my parents had just gotten me this baseball bat. It was like this big plastic baseball bat. It was super big. It was like not a skinny one, but a big one, that, like a tennis racket. So I, I had bad hand-eye coordination. So my parents were like, this is going to work for you, right? And so uh, we, were playing out, we were playing outside, and I remember I was, I, I, was, I was pitching to him. We were little kids, seven or eight, and I was throwing in the ball. And as I threw in the ball, my buddy took a swing with his bat. And the bat, if, if he let it go, the bat flies over my head. And I, like, this is a true story. Like, it landed in the street. And as it's in the street... I was like, dude, I'm like, hold on to the bat. And then as I turn around, this car comes and runs over my bat. Now, I, at first I couldn't, I couldn't believe it, but then I looked at Steve, and I was ready to, like, ready to, you know, Steve almost caught some hands, right? Like, he was ready to, I was ready to, ready to, ready to get him. And I, I told the kids, now, just imagine with me, like, years later, imagine if I never forgave Steve, right? Every time I see a baseball game, I'm triggered, Right? Or, or, or every time I hear the name Steve, okay, like my, our senior pastor at Escondido, his name is Steve, right? Like, Steve, your name is Steve, your name is Steve. You know, I, I, I would relive, I was telling him, that, that, that painful experience. Now, some people are kind of like, that doesn't make any sense. But we don't think we're that far off. Because a lot of times when we choose not to forgive, um, these painful experiences are easily triggered and when we're triggered we relive it all over again now church let me just ask a question when we relive painful experiences who's hurt the other person 
or me? Me. The other person doesn't know anything about it. The other person is having a good time, enjoying potluck, living it up. John Ortberg again writes, when we don't forgive, we become chained to our own personal sewer of hatred, where that stench, because we've stayed there so long, seeps into our body and makes its way into our veins and circulates into our hearts, and we become ugly and bitter people. And you know what's sad, and a lot of people do this today? If we forgave that person, it would be so hard for us because it, be because it becomes our story. It becomes our identity. Hating them and not forgiving them has become who we've become. And when we retell that story, even if it's to an audience of one, we become center, t center stage and we gain that attention and that sympathy and we don't want to give it up. Some of, us lack, have, some of us have taken that lack of forgiveness and we kind of live with it and kind of enjoy it. Because who would we be without our hatred? Who would we be without our power to rally other people, to go against that individual and dislike that individual? It's power. For some of us who have an unforgiving spirit, we just have to let it go. Because if we don't, it can destroy our hearts, our relationship, and our peace. Lack of forgiveness will breed resentment. Ortberg writes this about resentment. You will become chained to your resentment. The joy will be choked out of you. You will slowly lose your ability to trust other people. Bitterness will remove any compassion that you might have. You think you're hiding it from other people, but you're not. It's coming out. It will destroy you. Now, it will cost you to forgive, but to not forgive will cost you so much more. Not only will there be a relational cost, but there's going to be a spiritual cost. Because God's forgiveness for us is tied into our forgiveness for others. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says, If you forgive others, your Father will forgive your sins. But if you choose not to forgive, your Father will not forgive your sins. Guys, that's a big price tag. It costs to forgive. How do we become the type of person whose life is characterized by forgiveness? Now, church, we're going to be extremely practical here. If you want to be a person of forgiveness, we want to share three points with you. How I can begin the process of forgiveness. Number one. Identify the people who have hurt you. Take an evaluation of every corner of your life. These are the people who you don't want to forgive. Write their names down, and it might be a family, a friend, or a deceased one. Um, it might be the clown who scared you at Walmart. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It could be the person who abused you or a teacher who embarrassed you. Now, you might say, why? Because when we write it down, it sheds light on the denial that many of us live under. Write it down, because those are the names that can be keeping us from living life to the fullest. Those are the people who are causing us to disobey God's instructions, causing our anger to grow, and causing us to relive our most painful experiences. Then second, a little more difficult. Determine what they owe you. Imagine you had a meeting with them. What do you want from them? What do they owe you? Be very specific and write it down. He owes me an apology. She owes me an explanation. He owes me respect. She owes me a marriage. Maybe your dad owes you a childhood and he worked too much and was never there. Whatever it is, articulate that and write it down. Big or small, write it down. Whatever has been taken from you. And third, cancel the debt. Because forgiveness releases a legitimate debt. Now time out. Now, when we do this, it doesn't settle the question between blame or fairness. When we cancel a debt, we're basically saying, I let go of my right to hurt you. I let go of my right to get even with you and seek revenge. I let go of wanting to see you hurt. You don't owe me anymore. That's what canceling a debt is. If we want to go more practical than that, 
Take the piece of paper and cross their name out. Write paid in full or even bury it. I know they owe you, but they're not going to pay you back. So what good does it do to hold on to it? So we did this exercise this week, and we went through the steps. And when we were finished, we went to Pastor Mario's house, and we burned our papers. Uh, it was during the middle of the day, so it was super hot, but it was pretty cool to, like, see them disappear. You know, we had a chance to do that. Um, you know, we were talking about canceling a debt. And what we've learned is sometimes, you know, we will cancel a debt, and then we'll see an individual, and all of a sudden it'll come up again. And sometimes we need to cancel that debt again. Right? We may need to cancel it a few times, but that's part of the process of, you know, becoming a forgiving, having a forgiving heart. You know, assign these guys. Uh, they, they they may not recognize this name, but I'm I'm guessing some of you might um, might recognize the name Charles Manson. You guys remember recognize that name? Uh, there was a, a a story that was written about one of the guys that actually followed Charles Manson. His name was Charles Tex Watson, and they called this guy Tex. And in this autobiography, "Will You Die for Me?" Tex he tells this story, how how he went to prison. And when he was on trial, he, he began this pen pal relationship with a lady named Susan from, from New Mexico. So Tex and Susan, they, they, they had this pen pal relationship for about two years. And uh, in this pen pal relationship, Tex kind of, he told a story. How he, he grew up without a father. He grew up alone in, in Texas. Um, started to get involved with drugs. And then he met this guy named Charles Manson. Uh, began doing killings for Manson. They uh, they arrested him, charged him uh, life in life in prison. And while he was in prison, he um, he met he met Jesus, and it changed his life so much so that he began he, be, he became the chaplain of this prison. Well, for about two two and a half years, he was riding all of this this woman named Susan from from New Mexico. Well, Susan wrote back and said, hey, I'm going to be out in California, and I, I'd, love to, I'd love to meet you. I'd love to, I'd love to visit you. And so they kind of worked it out, and they arranged a day. And so Susan came to, 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 to visit Tex. And uh, when she came in, uh, in this autobiography, again, it tells the whole story. You know, she sat down. They were knee to knee, eye to eye, and they were talking. And she said to him, look, you know, you, you've, you've given me your testimony. You've written it, but, but I'd love to hear it from you. I'd love to just hear you tell me your story. And, and so Tex went through it all. You know, he went through growing up alone and the drugs, that part of his life that was still, you know, haunting him as far as following Manson, doing all of these killings. And then he started talking about um, his time in prison when he met Jesus and how that changed his life and how he became a chaplain. And, but yet as he's telling the story, uh, the story goes that he, he you know, uh, tears are coming down his, 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 his face and Susan kind of looks at him and says, you know, you know, Tex, um, I wasn't going to tell you this, uh, but I, I, I want to tell you. You see, my, my parents were Lino um, and, and Marty Labayanka, and, and, and you, you, you killed my mom and dad. And I just wanted to tell you that um, I forgive you. You know, when, when I first read that story, that, that story kind of it, it sent chills down my spine because, you know, that, that's canceling a debt. And that also also illustrates how difficult forgiveness can be. Someone once said, to forgive someone is to set that prisoner free and then realize that that person was actually yourself. Now, please don't think that we think that forgiving is simple and easy. It's not. But we've come to learn this week how important it is. If we want to love God and love people, forgiveness is so important. 
But it can be difficult and costly. It can. It costs God his son. It costs Jesus his life. And it will cost you and me. It will cost us our pride, our will, our desire to get even, to get revenge, to be right, to win. There's a cost, but Jesus understands that cost. Here's the whole heart of the message. God is not asking you to forgive that person because they deserve forgiveness. I'm going to say that again. God is not asking you to forgive that person because they deserve forgiveness. They may not. God is asking us to forgive because we've been forgiven. Paul writes in Colossians 3.13, You must make allowance for your, each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. What do we remember? We remember God's forgiven us. More specific, we remember the cross. The cross is a symbol, a symbol, a reminder of what Jesus did for you and me. When he died on that cross, he said, I forgive you. Remember that. Because when we remember that and we keep it in our hearts and our minds, it will be much easier for that to extend that same type of forgiveness. You know, we grew up in a society that says forgive and forget. Have you ever heard that? Forgive and forget? But that's not what Paul is saying. He's saying we forgive because we don't forget. We don't forget what Jesus did for you and me. We forgive because we don't forget the cross. We forgive because we don't forget the debt that Jesus paid for us. We forgive because we don't forget that we didn't deserve it. Forgive, but don't forget. Church, the cross is the only place that forgiveness makes sense. Forgive, but don't ever, ever forget. I want to thank you so much for giving us uh, giving a chance to be here. And, and uh, you know, I just want to say, you know, we had a chance to kind of go through this this week. And, and, and it was something that was really practical for, for us. Uh, you know, because we have made a decision. Now, we want to we love God. We want to love people. But sometimes that can be hard. And sometimes in life we kind of find things that can kind of come up where it's, it's really kind of hard to love people because of these different types of things. And so, uh, you know, this week I was, you know, you guys, I was really excited. We had a chance to, to, to burn some papers <laughs> and uh, to continue this walk uh, to be people whose lives are characterized by forgiveness. It doesn't happen overnight. But it's a walk that we continue to make. So anyway, hey, thanks for, thanks for having us. I want to bow our heads for a word of prayer. God, so much. Thank you so much for this opportunity to be here, Lord. And I want to thank you so much for all the, um, and just the work that you are doing in this place. I pray, Lord, that you um, continue to help us, Father, to, to grow in this area of forgiveness. Um, Lord, you know, today there may be, a, may be a name or an individual that maybe has popped up in our, in our head as we've, been, as we've been sharing. And Lord, I pray that you, could, you help us. Um, Begin the journey of forgiveness. Lord, we know that you, 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 you want us to love you and to love those around us. And we know sometimes that that can be hard. And I, I, I want to thank you for being a God who has forgiven us. Um, and when we have that in our mind and we have that in our heart, Father, it is easier to extend that same type of forgiveness for other people. Lord, we ask you just again a special blessing upon this church and upon all oh, the saints that are here. Lord, thank you again for this time together. All of these things we ask in your son's name. Amen.